You are listening to the Supermamas Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 46. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 46. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, Supermoms. How are you? I'm amazing. I am super excited about a webinar I've got coming up this week, and I want you to join me. Do you know anyone who's always racing the clock, always feeling like there's not enough time and they're running around like a crazy person trying to accomplish thing after thing after thing, trying to get so much done in a day, and yet they still feel like they haven't done enough? Well, please invite them to join my free webinar. It's called Three Surprising Secrets to Creating More Time for Yourself. So it's really designed for people who have time anxiety and just feel like there's just not enough time. They're always feeling like they're not accomplishing enough and they feel frazzled and running from thing to thing. So I would like to invite you, or if you have friends that could benefit from it, please invite your friends to go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash time and register for this webinar because it's going to be a really good one and so important. You know, time anxiety is just one of the worst because it permeates into every aspect of your life and it robs us of our ability to enjoy it. We always feel like we're racing and there's not enough and it's just, it's uh, something that causes suffering and I would like to end suffering, unnecessary suffering. And So today I have a question from Tama. And she writes, Dear Tori, I am so upset. I just walked in on my nine-year-old son. He was looking at our laptop and shut it as soon as I came in the room. I asked him what he was looking at, and he said nothing. When I looked up the browsing history in the computer, it was very clear he was watching porn. Not just any porn either, but three-way, super inappropriate porn. I am so upset that this is his first introduction to understanding what sex is. I know he will never be able to unsee the images he saw. How am I supposed to tell him about how sex is a special thing that happens between two people really love each other? I want him to have a healthy sexual attitude, but I'm mortified that this was his introduction to the topic. I feel his like his innocence has been ruined. Oh, Tama, I hear you. I have been teaching classes on how to talk to kids about sex and sex education classes for parents and kids since the 90s. <laughs> and it is amazing how much has changed around this topic when sex itself has not changed at all. The frequency with which kids seeing online porn is probably the most significant and disturbing change to have occurred. Sometimes kids seek it out. Sometimes they stumble upon it by accident. Other times, friends share it with them. Either way, it can be hard for a parent to know what to say and how to handle it. So my parent educator answer to this question that is, what do I say and how do I introduce the topic of sexuality to a kid who's already watched the three-way online pornography? Well, I've got a few suggestions for you. I would say, number one, 
Acknowledge his curiosity. When our kids ask us questions that we don't know the answer to, it's pretty easy these days to just say, like, Google it or ask Siri or, you know, Alexa, right? So your kid says, what's the capital of Bulgaria, mom? And you're like, I don't know. Ask Siri. Go Google it. Look it up. Uh, What's the weather going to be like on vacation? We just tell them to look it up. It's just so easy these days. So it's no surprise that when kids hear something on the playground at school or something on TV that they're curious about, that they take to the internet to find the answer. So this is kind of a normal thing in every other subject matter, right? It's just that when it comes to sex, it's kind of the one topic we don't really want them Googling. In this scenario, Tama knows that he was the one who was seeking out the sexual content because you found it in his the search browser history. So the number one thing you want to do when you realize what your son's been watching is to acknowledge his curiosity because it's so normal at age nine to be curious about the human body, especially the opposite sex that they haven't had as much experience with, what it looks like, maybe how babies are made. You know, they might hear something about what sex is and they want to find out for themselves, right? They may have heard a rumor and they're going to just get some information. Tell him that it would have been okay for him to come to you with questions. You know, we, what happens is we, it's a subject that we don't tend to talk much about. We don't bring up. And so kids just kind of learn that it's a, not a subject that our parent, that their parents are comfortable talking about. So it's okay to tell him that, you know, it would have been okay for you to come to me and ask me things. Tell him you're going to buy him some books with like factual age appropriate information and that you are there to answer any questions that he might have or clear up any misconceptions that he might have picked up. There's absolutely nothing wrong with being curious about sex, and it's pretty normal for a nine-year-old to be at that stage. So I've been teaching sex education classes for so old, so long that it makes me feel old to say it. (laughs) We'll just say decades. (laughs) Uh, And I have, I teach them in person, but I also have an online version. It's called Time for the Talk. And so this class is designed for parents to watch with their nine to 12-year-old son or daughter. And it's still available to purchase. We're going to be taking it down soon to revamp it and revitalize and modernize. But if you want to purchase it now, it's still available at timeforthetalk.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, I also have a list of recommended books that are really great for, you know, each age and stage. But, you know, books are really handy to have on the shelf because you can kind of know what it they're being exposed to, where if you Google it, you just don't know where it's going to end and what they're going to find. And so having a book that you can kind of look through and make sure it's aligned with your values and what you want your child to know is really, really valuable. So find one of those, a book, this online class I mentioned, but just acknowledge that curiosity is totally normal and we are going to get you the information that you need and that you should have at this age, okay? The second suggestion I have is to make a rule about pornography in your home. So tell your child what pornography is and that that what he stumbled upon is different than what real people do in the privacy of their bedrooms. What he stumbled upon was something we call media sex. Media sex is fake. It's designed to be exaggerated and shocking, and it's there to try to make money. It's very different than the kind of sex that real people have who are intimate relationships with one another. 
So let him know that it's against the law to show pornography to a minor under the age of 16. This goes for you, your any adults living in the house who could be breaking the law, or a kid sharing it with his friends could also be breaking the law. So allowing pornography, you can tell him this, allowing pornography to be viewed in our house by you or any other minor is punishable under federal law. Therefore, we will not allow pornography to be viewed in our house. We understand that you can find all sorts of inappropriate content online, and we hope that you will make good decisions going forward. If we find out that you have been watching it, either here or with friends, we will further restrict your access in order to keep you safe. Okay, so notice the tone with which I said that. We've got to make sure we're very clear, very confident, and that we have expectations of our child following that rule that we're setting. And I even, you know, like use big words with your kids, you know, punishable under federal law. You know, we kind of want to like give them the seriousness of the issue. So the third suggestion that I have is to... uh Help your kids follow their instincts. Okay, so instincts are designed to keep us safe. It is something that we are all born with. And you can tell your kid, I highly suggest that you do, tell them, say, like, I noticed that when I walked into the room, you immediately jumped up and shut the computer. This was your instincts telling you that you were watching something that was not appropriate. You knew deep down that this wasn't right. If it had been something interesting in a healthy way or funny in a healthy way, you would have said, mom, come here, you got to see this. Instead, you shut it down like it was on fire and ran away as fast as you could. This instinctual part of you knew that you shouldn't have been watching this. And I want to encourage you to listen to your instincts. So these three suggestions I have for you, Mama, uh, number one is to acknowledge his curiosity and educate him on what a nine-year-old needs to know about sex and bodies and puberty and the whole shebang, how babies are made. Number two is to make a rule in your house about pornography. Make sure it's very clear that this is a deal breaker. (laughs) This is very important. And then number three is to Tell him and teach him about his instincts, that he had them, they were working the way they're supposed to, and just to encourage him to continue to listen. So the life coaching answer of kind of what gets in our way from being able to have this very clear, you know, conscious conversation it, well, what gets in our way is our nerves, you know, our fear. It's uncomfortable to talk about these subjects, especially if you didn't get great modeling from your parents. Like if your parents didn't handle this topic in a way that you want to emulate, then you don't have an example set to, like for how to do it. And of course, none of us, I don't, at least I know I'd say most of us, didn't have the issue of, you know, online porn to contend with. I don't know how old or young my audience is, but if you're my age, this was not an issue. So if we had seen our parents handle it in a way that felt comfortable to us as kids, then it would be easier for us to know what to do. But most of us didn't have that modeling. And so we get really flustered. We get confused. We worry about, are we doing it right? Are we doing it wrong? We don't know what to say or how to say it. Or like we say the right thing. We say too much. We say not enough. And so we end up just saying nothing at all. 
we get afraid that we will make it worse or cause our kid to react in an awkward way. It's this fear that keeps us giving our kids the information that they need to navigate the modern world they live in, you know? So like, we don't want to watch our kid be embarrassed or feel uncomfortable. And so we just don't say anything. And then they miss out on having information that really would help them because they're swimming in sexual content. Let's be honest. It's everywhere, you know, through the TV, through the computer, through social media, through YouTube, whatever. They're going to be exposed to, you know, what sex is and some maybe presented in some inappropriate ways or some non-factual ways. And so they deserve to have the facts. They deserve to have the information and they deserve to have it presented with our own values as parents of like, what do we think is, you know, right, wrong, good, bad, like, what do we expect of them and to so that they can develop kind of a healthy sexual attitude? And sex education at age nine is mostly about science, health, and respect for the human body. Like, kids are smart. <laughs> They're learning that food goes into the stomachs and you digest it, you poop it out. And so, like, when we tell them that babies grow in mom's stomachs, it doesn't make sense to them. I believe 9 to 12-year-olds deserve to know all about reproductive anatomy, physiology, puberty, how babies are made, in a way that helps them appreciate and respect the human body for how magnificent it is. But also, most importantly, that if when parents present this subject to them between the ages of 9 to 12, then they learn that, oh, I can talk to my mom or dad about this as, you know, they get older and they start actually having questions or they running, they're running into situations that they really need that, you know, counsel, that parental perspective that you will have already opened the door for them and shown them this is a subject that you are comfortable talking about and that you are willing to discuss with them. So even if your child hasn't started puberty yet themselves, their friends maybe have. So they're going to want to make sense of the changes that are happening around them and the conversations that are starting to happen. So what we want, I believe, if our kid hears another kid talking on the playground at recess saying like, you know, what sex is and did you hear this and did you know that? You want that kid to be able to say, I don't need to listen to you. I already got the information at home. I've got books. I took a class. You know, my mom and dad already talked to me. So I don't need to listen to you to get my sex education from you. I've already got all the information I need at home. So rather than trying to have the perfect conversation at the perfect time, aim for authentic instead. It's okay to say to your kids, if you're nervous, to tell them, to say, you know what, my parents didn't talk to me about this subject, so I might get nervous or embarrassed, but just hang in there with me while I fumble over my words, because it's important to me that you know the truth, even if it's cringy, even if, you know, I start cracking up and laughing, that's okay. And so I think kids really respond to authenticity. And so if you're feeling nervous, just tell them and tell them why. And it gives them permission to be nervous and still have a conversation also. Because there will come a time in the future when we want our children to have an intimate, possibly embarrassing conversation with their partner. We want our kids to be able 
and capable of discussing things someday like birth control, monogamy, condoms, you know, with their future partners. When we can model for them that like feeling embarrassed and saying it anyways is, you know, kind of what we're doing, having that intimate conversation. What we're doing is we're teaching them the value of intimate relationships. With today's culture of online porn and casual hookups, it is so important for kids to experience the benefit of emotionally intimate relationships. And it starts with us. It starts with us having these important conversations with our kids, even if it's awkward and embarrassing. Today's Supermom Kryptonite is expecting your teen to misbehave. Do you want your kids to watch pornography? Do you want them to have sex as teenagers? Do you want them to drink and do drugs? There is one surefire way to get your kids to do these frowned upon activities. And I see parents doing it all the time. All you have to think and say is, I know they're going to do it anyways. When parents have this belief, I know they're going to do it anyways, they subconsciously send the message to their kids that this is what you're supposed to do. If you're a normal, typical, average teenager, you are going to watch porn, drink, do drugs, have sex, whatever. So, you know, I think, you know, we kind of like to be right. We don't want to be surprised. And so sometimes we expect you know, something we don't want. And so that like, we can say, well, at least I saw it coming. I knew they were going to do it anyways. But (laughs) in education, we have this saying that says children rise to our expectations. So if you expect your child to go to college, chances are they will. When you expect your child to drink alcohol, experiment with drugs, have sex, watch porn, then that's exactly what happens. This expectation keeps parents from giving their kids information about the risks and consequences or advising them not to do it, giving their opinions whether they think it's a good idea or not. It also doesn't really give room for the teen's opinion to come into play because sometimes teens like aren't ready for that. They don't want to, you know, have sex as a teenager. They don't feel like they're ready for it or they don't like watching online pornography and they feel like they they don't really have that choice because they pick up on the parent's subconscious expectation that they're going to do it anyways. So, you know, your son might be scared or disinterested in doing drugs, but if his parents say like, well, we know you're going to do drugs anyways, then he feels like he's doing something wrong if he doesn't live up to his parents' expectations. So, It may be that you want your child to fit in and be popular, and you think that the only way that's going to happen is by doing these kind of frowned upon activities. I would suggest figuring out what you, how you want your teen to behave, and then start expecting that behavior. Do you want your child to be tempted, but make healthy choices instead? Then tell them you expect that of him. Do you want your child to have friends and romantic partners that like have her best interest at heart? Then tell her you expect her to find that, find friends and partners that will look after her. Expect your child to listen and obey your rules around online porn or anything else. If he doesn't, then you can take extra precautions and limit his access to technology, but always make sure your expectations are aligned with what you hope to see in your child. Today's Supermom Power Boost 
is teaching your kids to trust their instincts. This is one of my favorite topics. I just had so much fear and worry for so many years that when I learned about instincts and intuition, it just really helped me let go of thinking like I had to control everything and that everything was my responsibility. We are born with instincts designed to help keep us safe. So let me just kind of define an instinct is a physiological response in the body. Okay, if a giant spider surprisingly lands in my hair, I jump, I scream, I flail. Nobody taught me to do this. It's just an instinctual reaction. Nobody said this is a good thing, right? It's just the body moves. Okay, it's usually the fight, flight, or freeze response. Intuition is the ability to understand something immediately without the need for conscious reasoning or logic. So it's like a feeling that guides a person to act a certain way without fully understanding why, okay? So they're very similar. Over time, both instincts and intuition kind of evolve, picking up more information about what is normal and what isn't. So this is how I think about it. I went on vacation to the French island of Martinique. It was a tropical paradise, like warm and beautiful with crystal clear waters. As soon as my feet walked out onto the sand, my instincts had me take off my long-sleeved shirt and just walk straight into the water in my bathing suit. It just like drew me in physically. My instincts were to shed this piece of clothing that I didn't need because it was so warm outside and touch that water because it just looked so compelling. So once I was in the water, I realized that many of the other women were swimming and sunbathing without their tops on. One of these women came up and started talking to me. I felt so uncomfortable. My intuition, alarm bells were going off. It was like, this is not normal. This is so weird. Like, what is happening? And I kept telling myself, like, look her in the eyes, Tori. Like, look her in the eyes. Like, I could feel my, so the intuition is a feeling in the body. So I could definitely feel that my body was saying, no, wrong, weird, strange, but My brain told me, ignore that. This is culturally acceptable here. And look her in the eyes and be polite. After two days of seeing women without tops on, it felt totally normal to me. Like my intuition and my instincts kind of aligned with the current present reality. And no more alarm bells were going off. My intuition was no longer telling me that something was wrong. Okay, so teaching your kids to trust their instincts and intuition can be a huge energy boost for mom because you realize it's not all up to you to keep your kids safe, that they have their instincts built inside them and that they're going to, you know, pop in whenever they feel a little threatened or whenever they feel like something's off, something strange, this isn't right And they have this built-in mechanism designed specifically for this purpose, and they are way better at listening to it than adults are. 
right? Adults, like we can talk ourselves out of it. We have all this like socialized, this time of like socialized behavior where we're like, you got to do what's polite. And you, you know, like, I'm sure you didn't mean that. <laughs> so when I was a new mom, I hated the words instinct and intuition. Like you'd hear everybody talk about like, well, just trust your gut, listen to your maternal instincts. Oh my God, I was so annoyed because I just felt like I had none. I had no instincts. And the reason now I know is because I had so much fear, anxiety, and worry spinning around my brain that I couldn't access the physical feelings in my body. So kids are much more connected with their bodies and they haven't developed the social skills to talk themselves out of what they feel. Your son's intuition, Tama, in this situation was telling him that what he was watching was wrong. Pointing that out to him will help him learn to trust himself and his gut, keeping him safe in the future. If he was continually exposed to online porn with no negative consequences, the alarm bells would stop going off and he would lose this sensitivity to knowing right from wrong. And so you could tell him that. You know, that he has this built in, but he needs to make sure to respect it and listen to it. So look for opportunities when your child is listening to her intuition and point it out to her. Help her get familiar with this built-in ability that she already has. So kids will often use words like weird, wrong, it felt funny, just like, uh uh-oh, cringy. Those are kind of the words that are very vague, very subtle, and easy to talk yourself out of. Worry is not easy to talk yourself out of. It just keeps going around. And so it's in your brain. It's going to keep it with you. Anxiety will stick around forever. But intuition is very easy to talk yourself out of. And so pay attention if your kids use this word like, oh, it just felt strange. It just felt funny. It felt wrong. Then they might, they're describing their intuition or their instincts. And so we want to kind of let them know that and just try to honor and respect it so that they can learn to use it and learn to trust in the future. Today's quote of the day. You have the gift of a brilliant internal guardian that stands ready to warn you of hazards and guide you through risky situations. Gavin DeBecker and the Gift of Fear. And I highly recommend Gavin DeBecker's books. Uh, Protecting the Gift is the one he wrote kind of for parents raising kids. So if you feel like you've got a lot of fears or you want to make sure that you're keeping your kids safe and teaching them how to listen to their instincts and their intuition, it's an excellent book. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope to see you on my free webinar all about three surprising secrets to creating more time for yourself. All right, super moms, I will love you and leave you. Bye-bye. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question, and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email, and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.